Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I am joined by Allison Aconi, our community care pastor, Brian Cobley, our students director, and Cliff Tatama, our interim pastor and speaker from Sunday. Pointed at so it. yeah, I was gonna say you know <laughs> Allison and Cliff and with hand gestures, and then Brian just decided to attack the audio only listeners <laughs> who just got a gum pop in their ear. All right, yeah, you were gonna. Okay, I thought you might have. Pol- okay, you're just gonna go for it. Um, all right, so I was gone on Sunday, but I was able to uh, listen to the sermon online. Um, how'd it go? How'd it go in person? <laughs> Let me hear about it. <laughs> I'm just I'm joining you guys on a Tuesday uh, on a Wednesday joining you guys on a Wednesday so how did how did Sunday go I thought it was awesome I was just <laughs> a viewer over here on the side yeah. on the sidelines and um, enjoyed being taught mm-hmm. from what I know to be a, an iconic uh, yeah. passage mm-hmm. of scripture which is Romans 8 28 mm-hmm. feels like that's um, been taught from we ones that grow up in the church. Uh, yep. We're familiar with it, so it's always cool to hear what a new speaker will have to say about it and what insights they'll have. So, yep. yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Cliff, was this one of the um, passages that you were really looking forward to teaching on? Yes. Um, I mean, I love the passage. Without it, for me, Romans eight twenty eight. Without that particular verse, um, and the Bible certainly demonstrates that principle throughout, and that is that God's going to work everything together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But that's the one place it says it so succinctly and so clearly that as a believer, I think without that, I would wonder, it'd make the decision a lot harder Mm. as to being a believer to me. Yeah, but at that point, it kind of makes it like, okay, I can hold on to that. So mm-hmm. yeah, and it's been so pivotal for me because of there's been many opportunities for God to demonstrate that in my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I felt like that was also a um, what made this a set apart type of sermon was you shared parts of your own story that um, I'm I'm not sure the studio audience had heard before really and. Um, like we've discussed it cause right. you know, we're all friends behind the scenes, but, um, I felt like it just took it to a new level. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was a vulnerable level to teach from. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what made it yeah. powerful for me. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is always when you're, when you're going there, it's always a little bit more, um, emotional. Yeah. Just because it's also very personal. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you get any feedback afterwards from people who responded to that part of the message, like either an affinity with you, like, dude, I feel like you and I have walked similar paths. Right. Or- Nobody who's who called that particular connection out specifically, but a number of people who said, wow, that really spoke to me because of what's going on in my life yeah. or, you know, or I hadn't seen it that way before. Yeah. That, that sort of that couple of those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. So just uh, yesterday I was hanging out with a friend who's moving away and she's mm-hmm. got a very, um, very, very mentally ill child. And um, things just look very bad for this family mm-hmm. and for this 
young woman. And anyhow, I, I thought about the passage and the teaching, and um, I feel like Romans eight twenty eight can be misused in pastoral count pastoral care moments because you can almost feel like you're rushing people to get to a happy ending, right? Right. You know, right. Versus like sitting with them in their pain for a bit, but it also is helpful to to give hope that yes. you know this all doesn't make sense right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And it hurts and it's heavy and it's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think it would be, it's inappropriate and we can do it as pastors to kind of go, yeah, but this is what's coming. Yeah. Because we don't know the timing of that at all. Right. And I think in some cases people may, well, Jim Elliott, he didn't see how that his death was going to be turned into something as amazingly good as God mm-hmm. did use it for. Mm-hmm. But at that point, certainly not for him and not for his family immediately. It was mm-hmm. some time thereafter. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's got to be God's timing and we have to trust him with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this this passage is it's chock full of some really good theology and some things to chew on, but I also feel like there's a lot of... Um, a lot of it can lead to a misunderstanding, right, of how... God works, how our choices affect things. We even, the word predestination gets thrown around. So I feel like there's there's a lot of work to be done, right, to get the understanding of what this means. Um, did you feel some of the pressure of that, Cliff? Yeah, and I think uh, because of that, I, I didn't spend a lot of time on uh, predestination, justification, mm-hmm. and, and, and conf- being conformed and all that. Yeah. We just kind of, we hit on that lightly. Because to me, the more important piece was to understand that God's plan is bigger than ours, number one. We cannot get our head around it, but he's making us a promise here mm-hmm. that that he is going to, to turn our problems into praise. And I actually thought about using the word pain instead of problems because mm-hmm. I said, you know, God turns our problems into praise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking of Brian and... And, and in this, in the, the fact that, you know, you've shared with me the back pain that you had in the surgery and so forth and so on. And, and you don't always see it right away. Mm-hmm. And it can really feel like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. But then, and so I think that was, uh, I, I wanted to really hit that both pain and problems mm-hmm. that we have. God is going to work them out for good. Mm-hmm. And then the second part of that for me personally was, yeah, but I had a part in that. You know, uh, uh, my marriage not uh, continuing, I wanted it to, but still I had a, I had a, one of the reasons she didn't want it to was, mm-hmm. was that I have a part in it. We, we all do relationally. Yeah. And, um, so to understand that God still engaged, even when we mm-hmm. do the screw up, if yeah. you will, if we give it to him, he still mm-hmm. is, the promise is still good. Mm-hmm. He still will turn it to good. So yeah. I think to me that that part was so important to me because I know so many other people who are in one of those places where they're going, oh man, I'm I'm waiting to see how God's going to yeah. handle this. As a church, we are. Mm-hmm. We're saying, God, we trust you as as your body of believers that you're yeah. going to turn this into good. Now we're waiting to see how that's going to happen, mm-hmm. but we're not going to stop following you and stop. Uh, worshiping you and stop trying to line up with mm-hmm. you to allow you to more easily work in us that yeah. way. Yeah. I think this, this whole passage comes down to a conversation of sovereignty, right? Of what is, what is the power of God and how often does he display that power in our lives? Right. When you talk about 
all of these things being preordained, predestined, God is turning all these bad things into good, right? The question then that I've heard a lot in my experience in ministry has been people with a misunderstanding, and maybe not even misunderstanding, but maybe just not knowing how much God affects the daily events in our lives, right? Of, oh, well, I I was supposed to go through this event. That's how God wanted it to go. And it's that's where you start to get the confusion going, right? Of, was this my choice or was this the path that God laid out before me? And I feel like that's a conversation you could have for hours on a lot of these conversations, right? And I think it's tough because there is so many questions that come out of this passage, but I feel like you need to really deep dive into this and and not talking about you, Cliff, but like if you're a listener and you haven't gone through this and have the understanding Failure to do so kind of affects your orientation and posture to how life hits you, right? Because if you think God is just laying out our life on a train track and we're just passengers on it, it really affects how you, I don't know, re- respond to things that happen and respond to your actions, right? Right. And so, some, of, some of that we have to take in faith, right? Yeah. Because um, I think Horatio Spafford mm-hmm. So much of what God has turned to good yeah. through that tragedy, mm-hmm. he never saw. Yeah. Right? I mean, he doesn't see people in 2022 still singing mm-hmm. that song mm-hmm. that that just brings them to tears because of yeah. how much it impacts them and how much it speaks to them. Yeah. And, and yet, without that incredible pain that he went mm-hmm. through, and I cannot imagine how painful that was to lose all your children. Yeah. And um, uh, it just in an instant, and then going, God, where in the world are you in this? Mm-hmm. And for him to be, even be able to write that to yeah. me it was just was so Holy Spirit led. Yeah, I really wanted to sing that song. After, yeah. I did too. Afterwards. I did too. And, and actually, I, I had thought about it partway through the week. I thought, oh, I should let Hayden know. And then I went, oh, that's right. He's not going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Michael is. I don't want to dump something like that yeah. on somebody who's not suspecting. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's great that you brought that up because I think that's a frustration. Maybe if you just read that first verse of this passage, right, of God's turning all things to good. Well, what happens to me when I'm sitting here in a, a painful thing of, am I doing something wrong, God, that you haven't turned this into a good thing or X, Y, and Z, right? And I feel like this this passage, if if you don't understand it and you don't do the work through it, it does end up creating a lot of disconnections down the road, right? And your thinking and your faith. And I think that it's such a, a crucial thing, but I also understand why you didn't go super deep into this passage because it could potentially, you could do a week on each verse in this passage. You so, really could. Yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, that's where we're kind of at with a lot of our um, expository series is we just, we can't spend that much time verse by verse and we're, we're relying more on the podcast and people's own personal research so um, I'd like to get into uh, your main points because you uh, you kind of frameworked it all around God turning things from, um, I don't want to reduce it all the way down, but basically it was God takes bad thing, turns it into good thing, right? It was the framework that you worked through for your passage. Um, when did you kind of come to that conclusion? That's where you felt like going on this, this particular message. I think because because of how that verse has influenced my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think at one point I, I talked about all the different things that people have had happened to them. 
and uh, been cheating and lied to and stolen yeah, like from and, yeah. and divorced and bankrupt in prison. Yeah. And, like and the irony of it is, when you add all those together, that's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. if I did not, if I didn't believe in that verse, to me, the faith would be, um, it would be very easy to just try to go, this isn't working for me this way. Mm. Uh, let me try and take it into my own hands. And, yeah. and I can assure you that the times I've tried that it has not worked out well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the fact that even then God takes that and says, okay, trust me with it. And I still will work even those mm. things out to good when you do that. So, yeah. yeah. So to me, that's why I, um, when we, when we laid all this stuff out, really, that was the only week that I was going, mm-hmm. I really want that week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious because I think with a lot of people's stories that sound similar to yours, Cliff, a big element of seeing God at work is time, right? Yes. Being able to let life play out and look back and say, okay, God, you were clearly working through this, even though it didn't feel like it at the time. Is there anything that we can do besides time to be able to see God at work in these hard things? Or is it the simple answer of it's time and faith? I think the faith and trust are the big things. So I think of Joseph with his 17 years, 17 years for him. And, and I believe that in those little interims, he kept seeing God's mm-hmm. hand. Yeah. You know, he kept seeing him being favored as a slave. Mm-hmm. And then he winds up in prison and he's favored in prison. Yeah. Well, those are not things that we would look at and go, I mean, my, my first my first reaction when I think of that is whoop-de-doo. <laughs> so what? Yeah. So you're favored as a slave. You know, are you kidding me? You're a slave mm-hmm. and you shouldn't be, you know, you're yep. in prison and you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where I think if we are in relationship we keep seeing God's hand in these mm-hmm. different little ways yeah. that keep giving us hope and allow us to trust with confidence that he is doing mm-hmm. those other parts and he yeah. will do them. Yeah. And I feel like we have a lot of examples of people in the Bible that have, have gone through situations, right? You have Job, which is just a classic to look yes. back on. Um, even think about Paul, probably from his perspective, initially might have enjoyed his life before Jesus than after Jesus, right? And that whole relationship with him because he was doing bad things, but to him it didn't feel that way. He felt like he was doing a good mission. And then his life with Jesus is on the road, in jail, you know, struggling to <laughs> to survive financially. So it's just interesting to look at those stories and, and wonder, did it take time with them, right? Did it take the time and just the faith and... um yeah, interesting. Yeah. I also think we as humans have a <clears throat> short-term memory. Yeah, when it comes, What'd you say? The goldfish mentality. Yeah, right? yeah pretty yeah. much where like uh, analogy I like to think is, uh, you know, you have like a toothache, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like horrible. Like you're, that tooth hurts. That's the only thing you can think about. But then you go to sleep and you wake up and you don't have that toothache anymore. You mm-hmm. almost forget you had the toothache. Yep. It's not something like you don't, like you really don't like wake up a week later going, man, I'm so glad I don't have that toothache anymore. It's mm-hmm. like, just kind of erases yeah. in your mind. Or if you have like a, you know, a pimple or something mm-hmm. that like you can't really get to, but you know yeah. underneath, like this really hurts. And like, it's everything you're thinking about because it hurts yeah. so bad. And then next day it's just gone mm-hmm. and on pretty much on to the next thing. I feel yep. like sometimes uh, we as humans do that same thing with God, where mm-hmm. there's a yeah. thing in front of us. It's such a big deal. Anything, It's on our mind. It's all we can think about, all we can pray yep. about. And then after time, either that went away or 
or it resolves. It resolves. It resolves. Or pops. That's, that's almost. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons why people do prayer journals, right? Yeah. Is yeah. to write it down so you can remember and be like, and, oh wow, God. And came maybe through. you can see God actually doing it because exactly. a lot of times I do. I do feel like you can look back way back and go, yeah, man, God, God did have His hand on there, but at the time, maybe you're not seeing it because mm. when it was resolved, you were immediately on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, I don't kind of like that NFL saying. What have you done for me lately? Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not, yeah. What, not what have yeah. you done overall. So yeah. also for that, like humans, we can, we just have short term memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that is a great reason to do a prayer journal. And, but I'll say this, um, I, I used to journal a lot more than I do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually quit for a period of time because I was journaling with the expectation to be able to see that. Yeah. And it took long enough before God responded to it, that I, I was going back two years later and reading my journal and getting depressed. <laughs> going, are you kidding me? I believe this, but I, I, I'm not going to keep journaling because I can't stand this, you know? And then then finally, years later, you, I, you see God doing that. I wonder, since Paul is the author of this book, Hayden, if, that, if what you said, that part of the reason he wrote this wasn't a little bit like a prayer journal for himself. Yeah. Just That's saying, really this is thought, yeah. these are some key things, man, I want to remember mm-hmm. and that I think every believer needs to remember. Yeah. You know, and I think I think for him, because uh, there are things, I like I said uh, Sunday, that I'm sure he regretted long after he knew he was forgiven mm-hmm. and even after he saw God turn it to good. Yeah. And, and, and I would say the same thing for me. You know, I now have mm-hmm. seen how God has turned that situation into good for me with, um, with my wife, Karen and what, and all of that. And, but, uh, there are still regrets, you know, you can't help that. And I don't know that's, that that's even unhealthy. It's just what it is. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, uh, I was going to your manuscript and I saw one of your points was your temporal pain can result in someone else's gain. And you used, um, an example of the early church. What would, just to have some more uh, understanding, what would be like a modern day example of like of that point of um, your temporal pain can result in someone else's eternal gain? I think any time. <laughs> yeah, no one wanted to answer. I saw Cliff looking yeah, over. I was, I was looking, like, I was looking at Brian and Allison like, going, don't hey, make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Yeah. Well, I, I do have an example. Okay, yeah, let's hear do it. tell. Uh, uh, as you guys know, I used to work in a nursing home. And as you guys, if you guys remember uh, last week, I was talking about how I was in so much pain that I just felt like I couldn't pray anymore. And that's when the Holy Spirit came. There's also another conversation I had with a man named Alan in that, in the nursing home where he had, uh, he didn't have a lot of function in his hand, his arms or his legs. And uh, definitely I had a very fast uh, electric wheelchair, but he was like, you know, the kind of wheelchairs where he was very much reclined, not like a normal uh, electric wheelchair. And him and his wife were both in the nursing home and he just lost his wife. And like he was now in a room by himself. Mm. And at this point, I'm, you know, I'm frustrated with everything, all the pain that I felt. And I asked him the question, like just being very serious because he was like praying and wanted to keep reading his Bible. And I was like, dude, how do you keep doing that? Like with everything going on. And I just straight up asked him, he looked at me and goes, because Satan wants me to stop. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? And then he just explained to me like wow. how like if he lets all this temporal stuff 
stop the internal stuff. Like that's exactly what Satan wants. And those who let this thing stop them, Mm -hmm. they're just opening the door for Satan to just Mm -hmm. grab them even more. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. (laughs) And so his temporal suffering and pain where I can clearly see it, like every day Mm -hmm. I can see it with this man, but he still never let it stop him. Yeah. His conversation with me changed even my direction wow, yeah. that I was headed just with his own temporal pain. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And, I, and I'll give you another one. Um, uh, thanks for that, too, Brian. Appreciate that. Um, I had a guy from church here that I was talking to about his marriage, which was in a difficult place. And um, I think I think if I had just told been able to tell him. You know, I, I, I was in a difficult place in my marriage at one time, too, and here's how we worked it out, A, B, C, and D, and, and, and that's what you ought to do and get by that. Uh, it was a different place to say, you know, some of the things that you are doing are things that I now know took place in my marriage, and my marriage did not survive that. And if you are going to continue to do these things, your marriage will not survive that. It was a different level of acceptance Mm-hmm. of, of, uh, things that I could tell him because of the pain that I had gone through that, um, and I, and I think, I mean, this guy's a believers, but, um, but still the eternal gain in that is that he received those things and, um, and the evidence is in how he is now living his life now. So uh, mm-hmm. that would be an example of that, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. I just lost my train of thought. Because uh, <laughs> you were so into this, what we were saying. Yes, and I was also looking at the manuscript. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> All right, we can jump to your big one. What's my big one? Uh, oh, well, you wanted to know how Allison was going to define predestined. Oh, yeah. Allison was like, I want this one. When you yes, asked, she wanted this to question. explain all five points of Tulip. <laughs> well, we won't get into that, but uh, I'll open it up to the group. You know, Allison. <laughs> You don't have to answer it. I just don't want to seem like a know-it-all, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's helpful to That's address what the podcast is for. When we when we get to buzzwords, we can either avoid them or we can address them, and I feel like in this situation, it's actually easier to address than other times where you see the word predestined or predestination. So, um does anyone want to take a stab at it? What what we're seeing when we see predestined in this this uh passage? I can read it as well um, for you guys. Yeah, we, we and those it, whom he predestined, he also called. called yep. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Yep. So I guess maybe just for a little bit of background, predestination is a it's a point of Calvinism. Um, it's what is it? It's the it's the P in tulip, right? The last letter no that's perseverance of perseverance the of the saints limited atonement is predestination the elect or unconditional, unconditional election, election and limited atonement yeah because unconditional um unconditional what was it sorry total depravity yeah hey, total depravity unconditional or um, sorry unlimited <laughs> wow we, the we yeah we every time we as a staff have this conversation, Dang we mix yeah. up the we I. Yeah. And yeah, then I up. always make a case for uh having old tip instead of two lip. Yeah, you do. I always do that too. We have our, our roles okay, here. Okay, so it's unconditional. Yeah, I was right. Unconditional election, limited atonement. 
Yeah, because so, limited atonement is just saying that there's a yeah, there's a limit limit amount of there's a limited amount of people that will be going to heaven. Yep, an unconditional election is there's nothing you, you can, can't choose you, to. There's not nothing follow you can do. Follow, God, yeah. God chose you. So yes. unconditional election, and then limited atonement, which is yep. not everybody will. So, so we, we yeah. can't we cannot question the fact that predestination is a biblical concept. It is very it biblical. Is, it's very biblical. What we can question is how people see that yes yes and understand yep. that because yep. that isn't clear and there Correct. are good yep. bible scholars on both, both sides of that that mm-hmm. would argue it differently mm-hmm. i think the important thing for a believer is to recognize it is not a salvation yep. uh centric concept that they do or don't receive salvation because of somebody's perception of what predestination means um, I think that's it's important. Funny. It's funny because you know we say it's not a salvation issue, but it, but it's, right, right. It, it, is, about it's, it is about salvation. It is about salvation. salvation yeah. But if you yeah. believe one way or the other, you, you won't lose your own salvation. Yeah. Yep. Depending right. on that. which is right. the irresistible that's grace exactly. in the eye and tulip. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you know. For me, anyway, and I'd be interested to hear what your what you guys' thoughts on it is. Mm-hmm. For me, I've really I really wrestled with this, and in, in part because I was reasonably familiar with the with the Calvinistic doctrine, and, the, and I'm really reasonably familiar with the other side of that. And after reading both of them, I began to think about it, and I thought, okay, wait a minute. Does God know what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Does yes. he know the future? Well, obviously he knows the yeah. future. He talks about it, he prophesies, he tells us what's going to take place. Okay, so if he knows the future, if I know that when when we leave this place today, we, we walk out of here, I know that Hayden is going to take that front door out to where his truck's parked out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I know that. I, already, I can see that. I already know that. Is he predestined to take that front door? No. no it would appear he has a choice mm-hmm. in that. But yep. I already know what his yep. choice is going yep. to be, so it's predetermined by me. I know yep. that. And I think, so for me, that concept of the fact that of course, God is sovereign, and He knows who's going to receive yep. Him. So those are predestined to, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that they do have they have no role in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's what's so interesting about the conversation, right? Is I feel like either side will agree God knows everything, and God has the power to do anything. But where the question comes up between the two camps is, what does He do, though? Right. We know that he knows everything and that he can do anything he wants, but what is he actively doing in our lives? And I think that was actually a great way of looking at it, Cliff, of walking out the front door, right? You know that's what I'm going to do eventually, but then the conversation would be, <laughs> Cliff, would you go and open the door for me? Or would you go lock the door, right? Of Is that the relationship that God has in our life? And I think it's a something that we could do a ton of podcasts on because it's so many. Uh, this, there's so many questions. This is definitely a, a buzzword. I mean, and even in Bible yeah. college, Hayden, <laughs> we both know this oh, yeah. conversation is like an everyday yes. conversation. So I do want the listeners to know this is an everyday conversations where Cliff was saying scholars argue yeah. this all the mm-hmm. time. People think they know they know the answer. In reality, mm-hmm. people think they really know the answer, but I would say majority of us don't know the answer. Yeah. Here's what I love directing people back to, though, is what do we know about the character and heart of God yeah. mm-hmm. through all of this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter, like, 
do you follow the recipe yeah. and like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, do you know that God loves you so much? Mm -hmm. He actually has called you to be in relationship with mm -hmm. him. Like he wants you to, and he'll do almost anything he can yeah. in order to make himself known to you, to speak love to you, to meet your needs and like yeah. welcome you into relationship and mm -hmm. remove the things that are, you know, nasty yeah. in your life mm -hmm. that keep you from abundance mm -hmm. of life with him and fullness of joy. Yeah. So, and that separate you and him. So mm -hmm. it's like, that's who God mm -hmm. is. And he, he loves you so much that yeah. he would even do that and send his son yeah. in order to ransom you back. So, yeah. Yeah. so like after, all of these things reveal the heart of God more than like the mechanics of yeah. how, yes. how he goes about things. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. let the heart of God change the heart of you. Because right. when you do the research and, and the find trying to figure out an answer to mm -hmm. free will predestination, mm -hmm. what it comes down to is the answer is the same at the end. And people are just arguing the equation to get to the answer. And so the advice that I give people is just do what you're supposed to do, which is preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do the Great Commission. Because mm -hmm. there are, you know, hardcore uh people who believe in predestination mm -hmm. where they feel yeah. like they don't need to evangelize because if God called them and chose them, then they're going to believe. Mm -hmm. So it kind of takes what your work out of it. And then there's people yeah. who are hardcore Arminianists who are like, I need to preach the gospel to everyone because it's free will. Yep. And if I don't spread the gospel, then they're not mm -hmm. going to heaven. And, you know, both extremes come with a sense of like unhealth yeah. Yeah. in a sense. And, and they do because they aren't taking the, the word in its complete mm -hmm. fullness, mm -hmm. you know? So the ones that says, well, God's sovereign, he's going to save who he wants to save and not, and what doesn't matter to me is ignoring Jesus saying, go and make disciples yeah. and is ignoring, share my test, my yeah. testimony, Love testify others. for me. Love others. <laughs> yes. All those things. And the one who says, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done is missing the fact that God's saying, well, actually, <laughs> no, I can get it done without I, I, you. I, I chose them. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I am God and I don't mm -hmm. need you to accomplish my purpose. You know, so uh, it's just that, yeah, of, of continuing to hold God in that honorable place and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? I think that helps us balance mm -hmm. both of the other ones. But it is really funny because it is a heated topic and it, has, oh, totally is. has yeah. separated churches on, yeah. on, yes. on this topic well, alone. Yeah. I think what's like why you need to understand amongst everything else, this passage of Romans 8 and Romans 8 as a whole is, God isn't changing. God hasn't changed and he won't change. But we are the ones that we don't understand, right? Our choices, our actions, were we always supposed to follow God? Did God pick us? I think that's what is so important about this passage, right? Is God hasn't changed. He's not going to change. But the way that we view God gets affected by how we understand ourselves and what God has told us about ourselves. So I think that's what's fun about these conversations and I think it reveals more about ourselves than it does God because we've we have a good understanding of God through scripture but I think all of us want to know was was this supposed to happen to me or was this a choice that I made and and what does God think about this and what does God want me to do in these these situations yeah, so I think that's what's so fun about Romans. in the end I just love that you have a place to belong yeah, exactly whether you're, whether you're a believer and you see that God called you and, and mm -hmm. chose you like God has a big plan for your life or if you're a non-believer, there's mm -hmm. a no that God's calling you, and there's yeah. a whole group of people who'd love to be able to celebrate 
when yeah. you accept that calling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, Oh, go ahead. Hayden. I was just going to agree and just say, I think that, um, I just think that an understanding of, of Romans eight and, and uh, other scriptures as well is it just, it affects our posture and our orientation, right? Yes. It's not going to change who God is. It's just going to affect the way that we look at God. Um, and I think, you know, and it also to beat that drum. It also informs our, how we develop our theology of suffering yeah. and such. I, I mean, as we have this conversation, I think of, all the parents that I've mm-hmm. encountered, like who've lost a baby or lost a three-year-old um, to an accidental drowning, mm-hmm. you know, this one is coming to mind. And their question is, did God predestine that yeah. to happen? Mm-hmm. Or was that my fault that I didn't mm-hmm. hear her cry out? Did mm-hmm. I miss something? And she drowned, mm-hmm. you know, so is it on me or is it on him? You know, these, mm-hmm. these are really big questions that have um, really heavy um, outcomes, you know, because that's the thing that keeps you up at night Mm -hmm. was, am I mad at God? Cause he actually ordained my child to drown, (laughs) you know, like versus like, wow, that was an accident. I looked the wrong way. I just wasn't there in the room Mm -hmm. for five minutes and that happened. So, or, or, or even that, you know, you have the, the, the other one where there's somebody who has done harm yeah. to yes. somebody else yeah. and to say, uh, we're, we're forgetting a whole other component, right? Which exactly. is exactly. Yep. Yeah. And saying, well, well, no, no, he has a role in this too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how, but like you said, how does all that play out then when you yeah. look at that and go, well, may, no, God knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So therefore he's God. So he's sovereign. So he could have stopped it, but because of how he is allowing sin to transpire mm-hmm. in the world and we have an opportunity to do that he doesn't stop that mm-hmm. but yet then he comes behind and says now let me show you how i can turn it to good mm-hmm. wow well that wasn't it's a hard thing you yeah. know and meanwhile well, somebody's yeah. been raped or somebody's been killed or mm-hmm. somebody's had been had a exactly. tragic thing happen to them mm-hmm. been stolen from or whatever it is and i think it also helps you understand the the role of the enemy in our own lives right of I am not just this powerless pawn that goes out and, and does this evil deed, right? Like there is, the enemy has power to persuade and, and put things into our head. And sometimes we can go out and do the pain that Cliff was talking about, right? I can choose to get behind the wheel intoxicated and I've now done something negative in someone else's life and caused a lot of hurt and pain. So I think that's, I think that there is a necessity to go through and do this research and, um, you know, we can do as much as we can on a Sunday morning to communicate what Romans is, is, uh, trying to teach, but there's also a a lot of work that you have to do and look at your past experiences and, and what, you know, theologians have said about this and and come to God and ask. And and don't let it split you. Right. Yeah, exactly. From other people. Exactly. Right. That is, you know, our congregation is full of mm-hmm. people who hold uh, Calvinism, Calvinism beliefs, and mm-hmm. there's congregations full of people who hold Arminian right. beliefs. Yeah, right. And I think underst- yeah, and understanding that God teaches through um, commentaries and through the Bible, and he also teaches us through experiences too, and, and being able to sit there with both and say, this is what this respected theologian says, but I've also had this experience where I feel like God has really taught me something through it, and, yeah. and holding those both with weight. Yeah. I think the answer for us is to respond in obedience to him. Yeah. Whichever way he's leading, right? Mm-hmm. In this in verse 30, 
the things we talked about there, that, that predest, predestined, called, justified, and glorified, mm-hmm. yeah. every one of those things are things that only God can do. Mm-hmm. So he's, if, if, however we call that, whether we call it predetermined, mm-hmm. predestined, uh, knowing what's going to happen, mm-hmm. that's a God thing. That's, none of us can do that. Yep. Called, we can respond to the call, but it's only God who who's makes us called, right? Because, uh, so, so there again, he's the only one who justifies. We can't yeah. be justified without him and what he's done. Yeah. And he's the only one who can glorify. So our whole deal has got to be, to me, is, all right, God, you say, 28, you're going to turn these things to good. Here is some of the way you carry the power to yeah. do those things. Yeah. So how can I line up with you in mm-hmm. that? Yeah. I liked how you also broke it down with the uh, God causes all things to work together for good. And then you said, and if you're questioning that, you ask, do I love him? How do I love him? Do I obey his commandments? Yes. That's how we prove our love or right. demonstrate our love. Yeah. And then and are called according to his purpose. So are you for his purposes? Yes. You know. So it was like mm-hmm. instead of just kind of um, sprinkling this little feel-good verse to everybody, like, oh, God causes everything to work together for good. Yes. You know, it's like, well. There's a qualifier. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes. For, in these situations for these people. Yeah. yeah. So I felt yeah. like that was a good descriptor. Yeah. Yeah, I thank you, Allison, for saying that because I totally agree. I've seen the cards that, Oh, don't worry. God, you know, mm-hmm. uh, God works everything for good. Yeah. But if you don't say for those right. who love him and are called according to his purpose, it becomes a, a world's mantra. Here, you can just believe in this fairy dust and we'll throw it on there and somehow mm-hmm. it's going to work out for good. Don't worry about it. Right. Mm-hmm. But but as far as God's concerned, he's pretty clear as to who that yeah. is directed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the, the blessing in that passage too is we we know of the sovereignty of God of what he can do and what he does do but the the true blessing is that he chooses to do good things through us as well right yeah. not only are we getting good things done to us we are also giving out that blessing through God right he has chose to work with us versus all right guys i'm going to take care of this and <laughs> i'm going to make it all good um so uh, was there anything in your pass or in your uh, message that you needed to leave out or cut out for time's sake? Uh, actually, there was, uh, but I'm trying to remember what it was now. Um, <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. I just throw remember, it out. I remember, yeah. I remember looking at it later, going, "Oh, oh, I missed that in my notes. Oh, I mm. kind of missed that in my notes because I was yeah. just yeah. kind of started to flow and went. I just went without them. So, uh, mm. but nothing I would say that is that your salvation is dependent on. Okay. <laughs> Always good to know. Yeah. You won't lose your salvation this week. Right. When we were beginning right. this, I was doing research on the word firstborn because I was really intrigued by that word. Is it the same my... that pops up in Colossians? Yes. That's ah, what I was looking at. Brian. I love you, bro. Love that was you, a bib interp verse right there. That was. It was we had the firstborn a, above all creation. We had to write yeah. a huge paper on that. We had to write school. a huge paper. But I remember yeah, that. The, the word is uh, prototokos, but and then this one, it's the neuter, it's a prototoken, mm-hmm. which is the birthright. It's yeah. the, When you say firstborn, like it does in Colossians, mm-hmm. it's more saying, as we look at it, like, oh, the firstborn. Yep. But uh, in that world, the firstborn meant a lot like you inherited mostly mm-hmm. everything like you inherited and so when you see in colossians 1 16 where it says the preeminence of christ he's mm-hmm. the firstborn of all creation that word is so great because it's like he inherits yep everything all like mm-hmm. he's the inherited of all creation and in this verse it says that we uh have been called 
are firstborns of the, I think the inheritance. So mm-hmm. like what yeah. Jesus was called when Paul wrote it in Colossians, the prototokos, mm-hmm. we now also share in the, the air, the, in the inheritance that he has. So yeah. that was actually that firstborn word is actually pretty, mm-hmm. pretty big. So yeah. that's what I was looking up. I'm like, is that the same word? Yep. As Colossians, yep. Yeah. And I just thought of what it was. Or okay. actually, I just saw it. So so what we just said. What yeah, you yeah, just yeah, said. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it had to be just exactly that. It had to be exactly that. What are the odds? Yeah. <laughs> here's, the, here's the important thing that I did not say. I think if people do not um, understand Romans 8, 28, and it being applied to who it's applied to, those who mm-hmm. love men are called according to his purpose, they, they may find it easy to walk or or easier to walk away from the faith. Mm. And I have talked to people who have actually walked away from the faith because they have said, it's too hard. It's too hard. And what they were talking about being too hard is living for God, but adding the additional piece of knowing that the enemy likes you less. And so you can have more spiritual warfare against you. And then these things happen to you that wouldn't perhaps happen to you if you weren't a Christ follower. And if you can't cling to Romans 8, 28 and say, yeah, but in all of those things, God's going to turn them to good in a way that's going to bring him glory and ultimately will be for my good. Mm. If you don't own that and believe it, then I would say I could understand them going, I I don't want that extra tension. I don't Mm. want that extra pressure. I don't want that extra persecution. I'm out. And uh, so I think that's why, to me, that scripture Mm. is so important is it it gives us the courage to stay in there. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, guys, anything else before we wrap up and close out the podcast? We are uh, at the 40-ish minute mark, so it's a good time to wrap up. All right, well, if you guys are good, I'm good. I'm going to send us out. So thank you guys for watching or listening to the follow-up podcast, and we will see you guys next week.